This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Welcome back to the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm here once again with Stephen Manuel, who just finished up really an awesome series. I don't say this to be cute on giving. So, Stephen, thanks for writing that and then recording it. Oh, it was a pleasure, Mark. Thank you for uh, needlessly complimenting me in front of our audience. Well, I liked it, and I had more than one person reach out and say it was important. That's good. I've had people uh, contact me as well, so that makes me glad. Today, I would like for us to talk about um, the rhythms that a family has in a week's time, because as we have uh, we have mentioned before, quarantine points up for us the fact that, oh, it just knocked out all of the rhythms we had. If you wanted to uh, have school for the last couple of months from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. at your house, you could have done that because there's nothing going on. There's no evening activities. There's no school. There's no church. Um, there's no jobs <clears throat> to go to at fixed hours. Uh, all of that has been really mushy. So that kind of, it's funny because that season has kind of diffused into the summer season um, when there is naturally less going on. So I thought it might be a good time to talk about at least how to think about um, family rhythms, just why you get things done when you do and, and when you do them. Yeah, the quarantine kind of destroyed the standard American greeting of what's up. Because for the last two months, the answer has always been nothing. 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 Yeah. So yeah. how do we fill that time? We're going to talk about your family rhythms, my family rhythms, but first, the importance, which one is, the importance of, of rhythm. And then at the end, we'll decide which one is right. I think we'll throw that to the audience. Okay. We'll let okay, them cheer. Yeah, I would like to talk about... Is, is this live? Can we let them cheer and then listen to... No, I think the best way to do it would be to set up two different Kickstarter campaigns and then they could vote with dollars. Um, I think we we'll won't. I think we out. won't ask them to support us with dollars. Okay. Time. We'll figure that out. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to start with why, why would you even have a predictable, repeatable uh, calendar a weekly calendar? Why would you have something that you would repeat every week? Um, and I've got a couple of things to say about that. They're pretty simple. One is that this is the way that the Lord seems to do things, is if we return to the maker and his ethic for the way that he runs his creation, um, he seems to want to do things on a weekly basis that established rhythms for his family, if you will. And that we could get into a couple things that he wants done on a daily basis and that wouldn't be wasted time. But I, I think the thing that 
the real outage that more most people have are the weekly ones. I think people try to do things on a daily basis. Um, maybe they're not as strategic or as intentional as they could be. I think a lot of people, we might surprise people and help people think through th some things that they don't do on an annual basis, but most people have annual rhythms and that are more or less healthy, except for those weirdos like never take vacations and never stop. But um, on a weekly basis, that seems to be a real outage to me for a lot of families who it's, it can feel like it's just make it up as you go. And when everybody's exhausted, they, they take, do some downtime. And when they're out of money, they stop eating out, et cetera, instead of having a, having a plan. Um, the, the other thing about why repetition is because, um, as is often the case, once, once, some, some people come behind and study the way that people work, they'll find that the way that the Bible commands us to work is the best way for us to go. So, you know, whether it's sociologists or psychologists, they'll tell us that we learn when something is repeated and reinforced. So, I don't know if you know this, any of you educators out there, but if you say something one time and move on, nobody learns it. They retain about 10% of what you said. And if we have something really important to um, teach, uh, whether it's our, our children or our spouses or ourselves, we know that we need teaching something. It doesn't stick after one time. We need repetition and predictability is actually really important for us as well to feel secure, to feel loved. We need predictability. I don't know if you've ever considered that before because maybe you're a person like me and you like spontaneity and you think it's exciting to do something you haven't done before. But the fact is I don't want to be uh, spontaneous or unpredictable. I don't want my wife to be uh, unpredictable when I confess sin to her or I'm sharing with her something that I've heard the Bible, God say to me through his word. I don't want her to be spontaneous and unpredictable. I want to predict that my wife will take it very seriously. I want her to always respond in grace. I want to always know she's on my team. You know, there, when it comes down to it and things that really matter, we're, we're not too crazy about uh, predictability, but that's what, for instance, all of us need in our homes, is we need to know that there's something predictable. If you grew up in poverty, you know what it's like to go, I wonder if we're going to meet the rent this month. Um, I didn't grow up in poverty. Um, I also didn't grow up wealthy, but I never had to wonder that the burden of that question was not put on me as an eight-year-old to go, I wonder if we'll make the rent this month. And if Maslow's hierarchy of needs is correct, and a lot of history tells us that it is, then once these foundational things are solved for us, we can engage in higher forms of thinking. And so it really matters that there'd be something predictable in your home and that your children wouldn't have to wonder, um, well, this is, a really, this is one that really doesn't matter very much, but I wonder if we're eating out this week. My kids already know the answer to that question. Um, 
I wonder if we'll have a prayer time as a family this week. I wonder if dad will read us the Bible this week. My kids already know the answer to that question. So if the patterns of your week are, are laid out and they're predictable and they repeat over and over and over again, um, then it really sets us up to feel loved, to feel secure, to feel confident, and we can move on to higher forms of learning. Uh, I'll give an example unless you want to jump in, Mark. No, I'm just curious if you're eating out this week. I'll let you know that later. Okay. We talk Give us about an it. example. Yeah, here's an example. Um, yesterday, my daughter sheepishly came to me and said, we've been running, this is my impression of my daughter, we've been running a bake sale for a couple of days and we're making a lot of money. Can we run a bake sale on the sidewalk on Saturday? And I clenched my jaw and cut my eyes over at her and I said, no. And she said, why, daddy? And, and you know, just a tip for everybody. If you want to see me with a clenched jaw and cut my eyes at you, ask me if your pet concern is just cause to throw off the laws of God. That, that'll get my jaw set. And that's what my daughter was asking me. And so my response was, uh, no. And then and she said, why? And I said, you tell me why. Um, and she said, because God doesn't want us to trade money on the Sabbath. And I said, close. The God who made the world commands us, commands us. He doesn't suggest it. He commands us that we would have a day set aside, and he tells us how he wants that day run. And one of the things that he commands about that day is he doesn't want us talking or handling or doing business, not doing money on that day. So you won't be, you won't be doing a business on Saturday. Um, I, I guess I should follow that example by saying, one of the one of the podcast topics I'd like to do is how to how to um, how to connect heartstrings how to how to what's a what a word what's some verb I'm looking for how to make draw heartstrings how to tie heartstrings that's the word how to tie heartstrings with your children because I can I'll just say that for me my heartstrings with my children are very strong and we'll talk about that one of the reasons is because of our rhythms. And so I'm able to get very blunt and even a little pushy when we talk about God's laws and discipline and correction, et cetera. But anyways, that's my example, is that um, rhythms mean a lot to our family. They, they um, create stability in my home. They, honestly, they were one of the huge anchors for us during quarantine. Um, I, I'd love to, to take a poll from listeners and go like, tell us what, for instance, the Sabbath meant to you during quarantine. And it was just crazy how we could feel mopey and listless and frustrated during the week. And when we got to Sabbath, it was just like the sky parted and the sun came out and it just felt wonderful. Um, 
anyways, that's my example. We need repetition. We need predictability. And actually that predictability is a, is a framework on which hangs God's laws. So for instance, I won't say any more than this, but when it feels like society is going sideways, do we throw off any of the constraints that God has previously put on us? And the obvious answer is no, because we have a predictable, unchanging God, and his laws don't change regardless of circumstance. He is not a God who changes uh, like shifting shadows. He doesn't revise his opinions. His character doesn't change. And so um, I'll, I'll just say again, I know I'm going to repeat myself, but I've seen the effects on, on peers of mine for whom, because of poverty or because of unhealth in the parents or whatever, their lives were unpredictable as children. And it created such instability for them that even in their 40s now, they're still paying for that sense of ungroundedness, of kind of being in an emotional storm all the time. If you were around parents um, who were alcoholics, for instance, and you never knew what emotion uh, you would be coming home to or that they would come home in, um, you know a little bit about that instability I'm talking about. Well, these weekly rhythms that we're talking about are, are I think, part of God's uh, design for to create stability, love, security, family, etc. So that's a very long intro. Ready? Let's go. So, Stephen, great intro. You kind of introduce, I'm going to, I think we're going to ping pong back and forth a little bit with some family rhythms that, that we observe. And I'm going to start with the big softball, most important one for us because not not because i want this to be a podcast on sabbath and i just gave it away but uh because i think that the way that we do sabbath and it's not something we've always done i'd say we're about two years into trying very seriously to keep the sabbath and it has changed a lot of the other rhythms we're going to talk about so um And what I mean is for us, the Sabbath rhythm looks like Friday when work is done. um, We don't do sunset because in Utah, that means we would Sabbath at 10 p.m. in the summer and at 4 p.m. in the winter. So we start our Sabbath with a meal on Friday evening. Um, And there's a rhythm to that meal, which I think we'll probably cover separately uh, and we actually have covered, if you go back and listen to, to Stephen's uh, blog pod on the Sabbath, you can hear all about it. Um, but we start with a meal, and that has some kind of expectations building up to it. It's the fanciest meal of our week. Uh, it's the only meal these days when we have dessert. So that's something we implemented we might go get an ice cream cone in the summertime or something but but there's we stopped doing dessert after dinner every night which was something that my wife's family did and we said this is going to be a marker for the sabbath um we took a cue from your family and we officially start with the lighting of a candle uh which is not something your family created but the thing (laughs) you guys (laughs) the thing that you guys do is this big deep breath in (gasps) And then when the candle gets lit, everyone at the table exhales. Oh, 
And it's like, you're settling down into a lazy boy. And my youngest daughter Sloan loves to be the one that gets to say, and now we're off. Um, (laughs) So we're off. And that means, like you said, we are going to make some changes about how we operate for the next 24 hours. So for us, what that means is that we don't take things off of the to-do list. I think that's the best way I've found to kind of define how I approach Sabbath. So um, if if I have it on my to-do list to plant flowers in the front yard, I don't plant them on Saturday. Um, if I need to go grocery shopping or go to the to the Home Depot or whatever, that stuff doesn't happen. Um, but that actually changes the rest of the week for us because, you know, we both work uh, at jobs, which means there's not a lot of time for grocery shopping during the week. Um, there's certain stores that are not open on Sundays. Utah's probably the number one state in having things closed on Sundays. Uh, and that means if we're going to take Saturday off and not do our commerce and our to-dos, then we have to plan during the week for some of that stuff because it's often not possible on Sunday either. Um, so it changes the rest of our week. And what I've found is that we get a lot more done because there's not the always looming slush time at the end of the week where I can just say, I'll get to it on the weekend. Um, so that is kind of how Sabbath, uh, the rhythm of taking a 24 hour pause, which is what the word Sabbath means to stop or to pause. Um, that's how it kind of informs and structures our week. I'll talk about like our Sunday meetings later um, that my wife and I do, but we plan for the Sabbath at that meeting. Um, so it, it does change change our other rhythms. Okay, so I'm I'm going to leave Sunday to you because because. Um, our Saturdays, which is our Sabbath, definitely implicates Sundays. Um, so I'll start with an easy one. Um, and that is something that we have historically done every other week when we're sort of in busy seasons of life um, and business is booming. I remember those days and uh, there's school activities and all that sort of thing. But now it's weekly. It's, it's family fun night. And so family fun night for us means that uh, come 5, 5.30, we're all leaving the house. We're going to go somewhere. Um, most likely, we're going to eat out. There's a, a Cincinnati staple, which is Skyline Chili, which is Cincinnati. It's basically spaghetti. Um, and your wife don't tell loves, the people in Ohio that your wife loves skyline chili. Yeah. She's crazy about it. She's crazy about it. Um, <laughs> don't tell people in Cincinnati that it's just spaghetti because they, they won't see it that way, but that's what it is. Kids love it. Um, uh, Chipotle might also be a, a common thing on uh, Thursday night. Um, that's family fun night. So we, we will go, uh, and if we don't do that, um, we will we will take a picnic somewhere. 
and it can be really easy. It could be sandwiches um, or hot dogs. Might go to the uh, park and grill at the park. Um, but family fun night, the point of it is that we're having fun as a family. And so um, it won't just be mom and dad sitting at the, at the playground looking at their phones while the kids are on playground equipment. It will be us engaging as a family. So there's always a fun or unusual meal with that. It needn't be fancy nor expensive. Um, and there is always after, well, it's almost always after the meal, be some kind of fun thing, a game. Um, we might go bowling. Um, we might just kick a ball around in the park. We're going to have some kind of fun family activity that happens. And that's family fun night. It's a big deal. Um, there are hoorays that happen when we announce the family fun night. So anyways, that's one of our rhythms and it's about fun and joy and uh, communal play. That's great. That makes me want to do some family fun night and your title for that. I mean, how'd you guys think of what to call it? I know it was hard. Um, we got a branding company to help us work on it. No. Sundays for us. Uh, like I said, if you're gonna, if you're going to rest all Saturday and take extended family time with the Lord and, uh, maybe do some of the things that you guys do on family fun night in our house. That stuff happens yes. on Shabbat too. Yes. Yes. Um, go to the park, things like that. Uh, if you're going to do that, well, you got, you got some catching up to do with the rest of your time. And like I said, since both my wife and I work Sunday tends to be family work day. Um, not necessarily all day, but, we usually right now are spending our Sunday in the backyard doing projects. Uh, I've talked about my daughter's shed painting, um, which requires some supervision. So I might be out there helping her with that, doing the heavy, heavy machinery pieces of landscaping stuff that my wife wants done. Um, it's also the time when some of the once a week chores get done by our children. So the, the dogs messes get cleaned up from the whole yard. The chicken coop gets clean. The chickens get fed and watered, um, all that stuff. And so Sunday kind of becomes, I would say anywhere from an hour and a half to most of the day gets put towards family work projects that we can do side by side. So it is not a time where I would go up to my office barring some sort of emergency and knock out uh, financial planning work, but it is, it is time for us to get the things done around the house that need to be done and set ourselves up for kind of the week. And so kind of the conclusion of a Sunday in our house is the the meeting that Amelia and I have and that always happens on Sunday but maybe Stephen I should kick to you before I dive into the weekly meeting totally agree get we'll do your we'll do your family meeting your meeting thing next okay 
um, because I think a natural to follow your Sunday work day, which we also have, which I love because that's the day I get to build, build behind the house. But um, is, is a natural overflow that would be daily chores. And that's a rhythm in our house is that there are daily chores that everyone has to do. Um, just to give a little bit of, a little bit of philosophy behind that. I, I always feel when I'm discipling men, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do everything I can to get this guy towards, yes, Christ likeness. Okay. That's true. But I, I want a little, a more specific target than that. And so I always figure I'm trying to disciple a man so that he can become an elder. Um, first Timothy three and Titus one, I want to, I want to disciple a man so that he will qualify to be an elder. And that would mean that he can run his household well. Thank you, Abraham's wallet. It would also mean that he can handle the word of God, that he has uh, self-control and other fruits of the spirit in his life. So that's what I'm thinking with guys. Well, with my daughters, I'm thinking we are training you to be a leader wife of a an elder household. So if you really want to screw them up, lay that burden on them at age 19 when they're going to get married a couple of years later or something. Um, that's, that sounds like a recipe for failure. Whereas if I can start training them now and I, and that starts with creating a vision of what leading a home would be like. So for instance, praising my wife for the things that she does. I do that regularly, try to in front of them. And then also giving them some easy wins at, that are age appropriate that lead them towards the management of a, of a home and all the things that Proverbs 31 would say, including nurturing children. So that gives you a little bit of a background for, well, then what would a daily chore be? And so those things are their self-management and home management things. So um, we all have to make beds every day. Um, I want rooms picked up every day. If there's something specific that needs to be done, oh, it's trash day. Well, then my girls will be part of, of collecting trash around the house, putting the trash out on the street, et cetera. Um, a lot of times an hour or two on Sundays is um, – doing lawn stuff. I involve them in that. Um, I just think that uh, making them responsible and giving them some light lifting, but doesn't cr crush them, but they're chores that have to be done every day. For instance, um, now that we're in the summer, I didn't want my children to stop learning for the summer. So I had them pick an elective that I could that I could handle and then pick an elective that mom could handle. And so they have these subjects that they're doing through the summer. So they're doing they're doing some ministry training with me that I normally do in other places and they're like, "I want that one." So okay, well then well we can learn how to prophesy together. We can learn how to lay hands on people and we're doing ministry training. And then um, my wife uh, they want her to be teaching them Spanish through the summer. So 
they have day, you know, they have daily learning chores, if you will. Um, they have music lessons. They have to do those every day. Anyways, I just, that's, that's a rhythm for us at our house. And, and, um, I want them to, I, I don't want them to grow up, um, thinking, I don't know, kid, kids have everything done for them. And then there's, there's a switch that gets trips at some point. I don't know when you've got your own apartment or something that you actually start doing things to contribute. I want that to be, I want responsibility to be, to be part of their um, worldview as early, as early on as possible. So next. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so for, for kind of the closeout of our Sunday, the, the thing that my wife and I do is kind of a family meeting right now. That is her and I, uh, I can see a time not too far in the future where that involves the kids as they start to get older and can participate in this. But for now it's really, this is not a, this is a logistical meeting. It's, what is needs to happen this week? When's it going to happen, et cetera? So we have a template. Maybe I'll put this template out for you guys um, oh. on the website. Uh, maybe. You'll have to look at the show notes and find out if it's there. But we have a template that we use that is very simple. You could make it in approximately 30 seconds. But it's a, a daily calendar for the week starting on Monday and going through Sunday. Um, and it just says, it's got the, the time, and in that we will write things that are happening that need to be communicated throughout the household. So if there's swim lessons like there are right now, um, those go on the calendar. If mom is gonna be on call, so I need to know that, she'll put that on the calendar. If I'm going to an early morning meeting with some guys, that goes on there, you get the point. Um, but also on that is what we're going to be eating for dinner. Um, and we found that by planning out our meals, we were actually able to stick to a budget. So one of the things we'll do in this meeting is pop open mint and look at our weekly grocery budget. And if it says that we've got a hundred dollars left and we're halfway through the month, uh, we are going to start getting really thoughtful about, okay, well, what's in the freezer? Maybe we can get through this whole week without buying any groceries at all. Or maybe we just need to spend $25 on vegetables, but we've got everything else because... Thanks, dinner- Lodo. Yeah, well, it's it's usually because we spent way too much in the first two weeks of the month. And so... <laughs> because we don't tend to just stuff our faces, that usually means there actually is food in the house, so don't go buy more. Um, but the way that kind of the budget, the calendar um, plays together in this meeting has really been healthy for us. It, it also makes us eat healthier when we think about our meals on a weekly basis. It eliminates some of the things that we used to sometimes get into snips about where two people are tired at the end of the day and going, well, are you cooking dinner? Um, because it's, it's pretty clear when we do this, what's for dinner, what's the calendar and who's going to take care of it. Um, we also schedule hours for the person that helps us with, uh, watching our kids and around the house in that meeting. So she gets a copy of this sent to her phone, uh, at the end of this meeting. And, uh, you know, 
I'm not sure if we should include this in the final version of this podcast, but I, I'm over on the homeroom uh, Facebook group and the homeroom project that Jeff Bethke and Jeremy Pryor are doing. And I was listening to something that Jeff Bethke was saying about them, their weekly meeting. And he said that one of the things they schedule is when they are planning on some intimate time together as a couple. And hmm. I thought, well, that's not very romantic. And then <laughs> I tried it and I was like, oh, this is much better. Um, <laughs> so I'm not saying you have to do this. I am very new to this game of, but you know, sometimes there's a circle around a few days on the, on the weekly plan. We don't have, I think it's worth an experiment. We don't have a, uh, given that we circulate this to our children and our nanny, I don't have a box that says, you know, these are the sexual activities that will happen today. No, you don't want to publish that. No, but, but just a sly little circle says maybe don't. It's a wink. It's, it's a wink. The circle's a wink. It's a family calendaring wink. Yeah. So that's what goes into our family meeting. Like I said, not nothing crazy. Just uh, it's a great way for us to plan out our week and relieves a lot of the stress that comes with exactly what you said at the beginning, which is, uh, what what are we going to do for dinner tonight? What do we, do the kids have something tonight? Have we planned who, who did we invite over? All that stuff yeah. is, is known at the start of the week and it makes for yes. a much more peaceful week. Yeah. We, um, have historically done a, a quick review on Sunday nights like that of the week just to go over, okay, who's going to be gone on what nights of the week this week and um just looking at the calendar um we have my wife and i have a different meeting during the week um because i it really came out of summits so our summits we have three times a year and they are they're kind of big picture meetings where we look at are we hitting the big things that we feel God has called our family to right now? And what's our budget situation and who are we spending time with? Are we getting, are we getting the double dates that we wanted with all, you know, the, the right people and um, big, big picture evaluation things about the direction of our family. Well, I started finding there's, there's so much I want to cover at these summits. And then I feel like we get bogged down. And, and then I just thought, how can I talk with my wife about these things on a regular basis? Because honestly, she's usually shot at night after the kids go down. You can't get anything accomplished in that conversational space. Um, or I want to read or, or no, I don't know what, um, or it's a circle date. Um, but yeah, the circle days, I, those start at about 8 a.m., just <laughs> word to the wise. You don't, you can't rely on the circle. You just no, use right. it to remind yourself that it's time just, to start just make, heating up the oven. You do preparatory things. You, you, don't, you don't fuss about little nonsense issues. And so I found that, I found my wife's best energies happen during the day. And she's often working on our family business 
during the day and she's taking client meetings during the day. And then at night she's whew, and she just wants to be done. And so I thought, well, you know what I need to do? I need to get a meeting in her day earlier in her day. So for years now, we have had a hour and a half meeting weekly sometime between nine and five. And so we have to, we have to, We'll make that happen and plan around it and uh, make sure our kids are taken care of. And since quarantine, it's been a walk that we have done this meeting during a walk and then we'll go sit down at a bench. And it's just a time for me to be working through issues. For instance, you could look at um, some of Mark's stuff about a slush fund. Well, I'm really interested in that slush fund. And I think we have to make decisions beforehand about where that money goes and you know those are those are chewy conversations that don't just happen because you look at the mint thing together you're actually working out um priorities or i'm uh, my wife is working on through a um a class about being a woman for our ministry school and I'm very interested in that topic. I'm very interested in the in what we're putting together for our future students. So we have to have a place to, you know, to have some good focused time around that. She's also on the board of of uh, my ministry school. So we need to talk, we know we need we need meaty conversations. So I consider that to be it is it can be the first, you know, 15 minutes or like catch up time. How you doing? What are you thinking about these days? that's that's great and it's also time to like i usually come to that meeting with an agenda and we we got to work through things practicalities for this week and bigger picture things so that's a that's a, a huge a huge deal to me it's often the highlight of my week um all right back over to you well we're out of time for this podcast steven so well, we may want to I just want to make a quick nod and then I'll let you make the same gesture to our noble listeners that uh, there's a few things that we found that happened during quarantine that we're experimenting with keeping without explaining them at all. I'll just tell you going on a walk as a family after dinner has been a really uh, life giving uh, and even digestion helping uh, oh, rhythm that we have. They call it observed. a constitutional. Yeah. Um, it's better than a glass of brandy after dinner in terms of sleep health. I'll tell you that. Yes. Uh, so that's been one. Um, the way that we eat has changed a lot over quarantine. And some of that has also, you know, you know that I am really fond of fancy wines and I like to experiment with cool cocktails but we kind of also moved alcohol into that dessert category uh and and made it a shabbat thing to share wine together and um we've slept better so i think that there's just been some overall health improving things that have happened during the quarantine that have been good for our family as Uh, i would also put on this weekly thing um the way that I'm impressed that you plan meals a week at a time. We, our, our meal prep and our eating is on, is repeatable. So I make dinner every Monday night. 
Um, we have a couple of nights. We have at least one night a week that is um, leftover night or just whatever there is. You can get it yourself uh, when nobody has to make dinner. Um, another thing that comes to mind is um, one, of our, one of our rhythms is reading um, together before bed, um, reading the Bible together. We do that as part of dinner. These, are, these things are all just... They just happen. I mean, my, my girls would tell me we didn't read the why, why haven't we read the Bible? Aren't we in John five right now? Um, that, that one. Anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a while will is sick of hearing me talk about the Amish dude that that shared this wisdom with me. But I'm going to keep it up because we get new listeners every week. Uh, yeah. And that was when we visited an Amish dude. So he tells us. We, we, you, I think Stephen had asked him, did your dad do anything to enforce spiritual rhythms in your home? And he kind of looked at you puzzled, like, ah, what a weirdo. And then said, nope. And then he said, crazy. Cause I mean, and then he goes, well, I mean, he read the Bible to us three times a day before every meal. Um, but no, nothing really special. And, and so that's one that, we've picked up is before we eat dinner always whether we have guests or it's just me and the a couple of the kids whatever it is the scriptures get read at dinner and it's great because it's become a total habit rhythm for our family and we always have the word getting read out loud that's great well everybody good luck finding the rhythms for your family we suggest shabbat as the cornerstone of that machine and just start building out you can you can think of it in terms of capitals what are the spiritual capitals you want in your family how could you build those into a weekly what are the relational things you want in your family how could you build those in weekly how about intellectual things how about physical things we didn't even talk about exercise but that's a part of all of 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 the manuals and the parents lives so how do you build those things in Um, And then finally, financial. How can we build those things in on a weekly basis? So that might be a great thing to cover either at your next summit or your next spousal meeting or however you can start getting those things into your life. Good luck. You'll do great. Yeah. So get after it, guys. For Abraham's Wallet, I'm Mark Parrott. I'm Stephen Manuel. Adios. Adios.